Welcome to Educate, the alternative educational experience. You know when you watch something online or then read an article and then suddenly have that moment of, oh dear, I hadn't really ever thought of that like that. Well, that would have been useful to have known. Well, in comes Educate. Educate offers up the conversations that we really need to hear. It embraces differing perspectives and lived experiences, all with the view to inform public discourse. So, who's my teacher this week then? Hannah Gaffey is somebody with a heart of gold and brains of an absolute clever clogs. So unsurprisingly, she was offered a place at Cambridge University to do a master's in education, globalisation and international development. It all sounded brilliant until she quickly realised that it was going to cost her own back pocket £23,235 to live and then work there for the year. Spoiler alert, you're not allowed to have a job while studying there. I didn't know this either. So with a drive like no other, this gal launched her own Tees for Fees campaign, which saw her sell tote bags and t-shirts to help top up her master's fund. Her friends also set up a GoFundMe page to help her along the way, which she's really, really grateful for. Finally, she also managed to secure some grants to fund the year. All in all, meaning that she was going to Cambridge. Woohoo! In this episode of Educate, I'm going to be chatting to Hannah about the journey that she took to secure her place at Cambridge, the class ceiling that exists within higher education institutions, and the practical steps to change the system and how to actually get there in the first place. Hannah, welcome to Educate! Hello! <laughs> thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for joining. It's kind of random being in my... A uh, very basic and budget. It's um, not basic. Living room. Flamingos on the wall. There are flamingos <laughs> on the wall. How do you feel about that? Great. <laughs> Anything pink, I agree with. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me on Educate on this wonderful Sunday morning. Thank you for having me. It's a great time to be here. <laughs> Honestly, Hannah saw me run uh, to Sainsbury's to grab a load of fruit because I was in uh, sliders. That's very important. Yeah, running in sliders and my leggings that have uh, feminist to stand side in big bold lettering. Big big bold lettering. <laughs> Love it. So, um, for everyone listening, Hannah is at Cambridge University living her best life and there's been a bit of a journey to get there which is kind of what I want to chat about um so if you could chat about how that all started applying and just the journey getting there and the realizations and obstacles that would be incredible this time a year ago October 2018 I was living and working in Norway at an international school I say working but I mean working for free because I was a volunteer (laughs) right um house of gold this one yeah (laughs) here she is um an international school called united world college red cross nordic um i was working in the outdoor department doing stuff like canoeing kayaking skiing hiking paddleboarding all the ings uh, that involve being (laughs) outdoors um with like kids that were like 11 year olds but also with like young adults and different groups that would be visiting the college that sounds intense and fun (laughs) it was a lot 
I feel like I've never had to rely on the weather so much for like my day to day routine <laughs> and like stuff like wind speeds and tides and like stuff like you know living and growing up and working in like Manchester or London you don't have to contend with any of these things like I wonder when the tide will rise today <laughs> there's a real headwind yeah, I guess exactly <laughs> and like stuff like that had like a real impact on like how my day was going to be it was like a low tide and I'm going to have to like get a group of 30 11 year olds to drag canoes like a longer span through like mud to the water oh my goodness that really affected the trajectory i cannot say that word it was like that was beautiful anyway wow i think we've got a secret singer on here ariana grande anyway again like this time about a year ago i started applying because the deadline to apply and be considered for funding was the 5th of December, right. um, which is also my birthday. Um, <laughs> literally, happy birthday. You need to apply so you can get money by the state. Um, so when I actually arrived in Norway in like mid-August last year, I had no plans for like what I was going to do after I finished. But whilst just like being in that kind of international school environment, I was like, like the intersection of like, inequality and education is quite important and it's maybe something that I want to study like in future um so I started applying for the course um and it did take me about two months to actually do the application because I would be doing it like at weekends or after work um and I was working until like 6 8 or 10 p.m in the weekdays so it would just be like you could write like a paragraph a day maybe right okay um so yeah I applied so what was the course that you so I yes, know I read it out in the intro, yes. but there are some very ginormous words yes, that are, are quite terrifying. So for the, the normal person, that's me. The normal me. person, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, what's the course called? Education. First of all, it's an MPhil, which is a Master of Philosophy, which I feel like is a category they put it into when it's like not an art or a science. Okay. So it's like, it's an MPhil. You're in no man's land. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm in that other category. So it's in Education, Globalisation and International Development, which... I can kind of explain as as I just said like how stuff like poverty and inequality intersects with education so maybe like some of my modules and classes are about how to teach a diverse classroom or how to educate people who've come from migrant communities or are refugees and stuff like that okay um so yeah it's kind of where an international development world and an education world collide so you you wrote your application mm. and what happened next? Um, I got an offer. So I no submitted... No big deal. <laughs> I submitted like at the end of November because as I mentioned, the deadline was my birthday. So I didn't really want to be like writing at that time. So I think I submitted it like a week before the due date at the end of November because I was like, I want to get out of my hair. And then I think it was like the 12th of December. Um, I got an email that was like, congratulations, you've been given a conditional place at the University of Cambridge, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I was like, hmm. I was obviously like, yay. But then I was like, what does conditional mean? Because obviously when you apply to undergrad, it's conditional because, as in, if you apply from undergrad straight from school, it's conditional because you don't have your grades yet. But I was like, I graduated like six months ago, not six months ago, but a few months ago. And I've got my grades so what is the conditional element of this offer? Um, and I was 
I can't remember where I was at the time, but I was busy and I was reading the email on my phone, so I couldn't look at all like the documents. So I just asked my friend who went to Cambridge two years ago to do a master's. I was like, what's the conditional element and like, what does it mean? She was like, oh, they basically just want to know if you have enough money to go there. And I was like, oh. So then later on in the day, I opened up all the PDFs. Yeah. And like, obviously found out that the total cost of studying and living there is like 23 grand a year. And I was like... Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, so that's insane. <laughs> yes. Number one. Number two, I don't think there's anyone I know that could just, that could yeah. even put that on the table. No. Um, so what is the usual procedure for somebody? What do people generally do? Do p- people well, just not go? I've discovered that I think it's something like 89% of postgraduate students at Cambridge self-fund their degree right which is a lot self-fund <laughs> self-fund and I don't know if self-fund means they literally pay with their own money or if self-fund also includes receiving scholarships from organisations that are not the University of Cambridge okay so it could encompass people who are so because I think I'm technically like self-funded because I'm receiving no support financially from the University of Cambridge whatsoever. Right, okay. Um, I should probably have clarified. No, no, no. But I don't know what it means. But 89% either way are self-funded. And then 11% receive some sort of funding from the university. Only 11% though. Mm. Yeah. God, this has just reminded me of the the debate of the self-made billionaire with Kylie Jenner. (laughs) I don't know, like self-funded, self-made. I think just hearing that, (laughs) that sounds... As if, if you don't come from a high income background, mm. um, that that is probably a very, very daunting task. Yeah. Because people often when they finish university go into a job and they're not even salaried at that. No. Um, so how, how did you kind of, what, what happened next? What happened next, what? baby? Literally, what <laughs> did happen next? Um, so I Googled, how, do, how does one fund a master's degree? Yeah. Um, and the first thing that came up was the master's loan. And I was like, fantastic. I can get money from the government. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind, my current student debt stands at around £55,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, I had my letter come yeah, through. But my, that's a letter that I got in April of this year. So since then, it will definitely be more than fifty-five grand because of the interest. So at, as it stands today, I don't know how much I owe, but it's circa £55,000. <laughs> Just a tiny amount. We can monster it later. Exactly. I was like, I'll just add another 10 grand because I was like, why not? We're already 55 grand in. Another 10 grand can't hurt. (laughs) So how that works is you can apply for like up to 10,000 and it's like something like 10,061 pounds. I can't remember the exact amount, but circa 10,000 pounds. When I applied to the University of Cambridge for funding, they didn't give me any, which is why I was sourcing alternative funding sources yes okay which well, is something we should probably talk about i think yeah why um the big why i don't know i've never been given feedback on my funding application i've never been told why i didn't receive funding but then at the same time that's not information that i've ever sought to find out but yeah. now having conversations with like people who also applied for funding that i'm like studying with um in my funding application i talked about how i've 
always supporting myself through part-time jobs at uni I can't like rely on my parents financially yeah um but also you have to sign a thing at Cambridge that says that you won't have a part-time job so like this would hinder me if I wasn't able to if I can't gain part-time employment I need you guys to give me some money so that I can live um because that's how I support myself through my undergrad but there's no guidance on how to write a funding application. Yeah. Um, and you're not supposed to obviously talk about how you're poor, apparently. In these no. funding applications, you're meant to like talk about your research interests and you're basically meant to sell yourself to the university. But I didn't know that. I had no one to sort of ask, how do you write a funding application for Cambridge? Yeah. It's also um, a bit uncomfortable, I'm yeah. assuming, because talking about money regardless yeah. is always quite a taboo topic, yeah. especially when you maybe you're mixing with peers and mm. you don't know who gets money from yeah, yeah. you know parents or how people get their mm. money so that must have been really awkward to sort yeah. of do on your own and then <laughs> not to get anything out of it oh. like great um but yeah so anyone applying to cambridge don't talk about how much money you don't have in your application because <laughs> it doesn't work in your favor oh, um so but yeah so that's why i was seeking alternative fundraising sources um the latest that you could find out from cambridge whether you had funding or not was may um but i started looking for alternative stuff like pretty much straight away because i never knew whether i was going to get any of those grants yeah and you can also like apply to specific colleges because of like how much funding they usually give out but again i had no experience of going to cambridge so i didn't know <laughs> yeah. which colleges give out money and which colleges don't give out money. and that information just isn't really there no not accessible. really unless you kind of know people who've been through the system and that is perhaps something that ties into the class ceiling maybe yes so you secured funding in the end in the end oh my gosh <laughs> so what should what we happened? start talking about that so i was applying to like many grants and scholarships and writing to i'm going to talk about as well like using your networks because this is something i've never done before but i had to for this so grants and scholarships i found through an app called grant fairy mm-hmm. grant fairy i'm like trying to everybody should also download this app called Grant Fairy. Um, <laughs> and they, like, you can, on the app, you can tailor, like, the course you're doing, the institution you're doing it at, um, whether you're, like, a care leaver, whether you're, you've got a refugee background, like, stuff like that. So you can tailor the results specifically to your needs and it'll come up with the grants. Mm-hmm. And you can get grants for stuff like writing an essay or simply just for applying to it and writing like a little application, like why you think you deserve the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and like photo competitions. And, like There's a really vast range of money available out there for UK students, but it's just not talked about and it's not advertised. Yeah. So you secured funding through Grant Theory. Yeah. And anything else? Yeah, so my two friends set up a GoFundMe oh, <laughs> on my behalf. Who are we shouting out to? We're shouting out Deanna and Latia. Oh, Deanna and Latia. <laughs> yeah, so they set up a GoFundMe on my behalf and I was like, because oh, I, I just didn't want to be the person who does the GoFundMe. But yeah. then I was like, it's not coming from me, it's coming from them. So I was like, yes, if you two want to do this, great. Thank you so much. Like, yeah. I was so overwhelmed when they were like, so we're going to set up a GoFundMe. I was like, what? That's so nice. <laughs> so cute. I know. So they did that. Big up the sisterhood. Literally. <laughs> men forever. Then I was like, I'm going to sell t-shirt and tote bags. <laughs> 
So t-shirt and tote bags. Yes, we should talk about this maybe. Um, I think so. Yeah, I was like, t-shirts and tote bags. Well, if, like initially I was like, t-shirts. I was like, I'm going to sell t-shirts. And then I was like, I don't know how I can... I want to convey the message that it's really important for women to be in higher education and just like a celebration of women generally. And I was like, how can I make that a thing that people would actually want to buy? Yeah. So then I was like, why don't I just get someone to do illustrations of people in my personal life who have done incredible things and who are also women? Um, you know, my heart, my heart bleeds with joy, <laughs> literally, um, because they're like to somebody who's like random and has bought one of my t-shirts. Like those faces mean actually nothing to them, but it's a cool t-shirt. But yeah. to me, it means so much. Um, oh, so I was so like, <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, we'll do this, and maybe people will buy it. And then obviously, I came up with like the whole campaign around it. I have to shout out my friend Tom. He came up with the title Tease for Fees. Oh, we fe- love you, Tom. I know. He's a fellow linguist. So I was like, Tom, how do I sell t shirts? And he was literally like, fighting. It's like, obviously, Tease for Fees. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, okay. That's so. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, obviously. Good for you, yeah. Tom. Tom's good with the words. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> Tease for Fees, great. Really succinct, literally tells, does what it says on the tin. I was like, great. Incredible. Um, so then I just set up a campaign and people ended up buying them. So that was quite nice. Incredible. So you secured all of the funding. Yes. Um, a real, you are a real testament, I feel, and just being like, no, you know what? Screw it. I've got these obstacles in my way, but I need to go to Cambridge. I must go to Cambridge. I must go. You <laughs> simply must. Because I was doing loads of like... Um, like writing to journalists and there's this like um online magazine called the Salford Star. Obviously I'm from Salford. And you are a star. Um, I am a star. Um and <laughs> they did an article about me and like people from Salford are commenting on it like no matter whether you get this because this was when I was trying to get the twenty thousand pound scholarship. Yeah. Which spoiler alert I did eventually win. But we're not yes! gonna talk about that. Um, this was like I found out that I won it in August bearing in mind I was going to university in October so that was a whole that was a ride but it's that is a ride that was a ride but it was fun Um, so yeah I was like I had an article in this magazine and people were commenting on the post like no matter whether you get this funding or not you have to go by hook or by crook like this is such a good opportunity yeah and I was like okay it's really really (laughs) adorable so everyone was just really everyone was really behind me which was really nice Oh, well, you deserve it. Thanks. Utterly. <laughs> Utterly. Simply, you, do, you, you just, just deserve, deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. So, you're there now. I'm there now. Only a week in, so I'm there. And I've already dragged you on a podcast, so sorry about that. I've had to come to London. <laughs> Honestly, I'm such a bitch. <laughs> So there's so many questions, so many questions. Um, that need to be discussed okay. because that is a journey and a half. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it it feeds into a lot of issues in the way that we think about um, money, maybe even class, yeah. um, how higher educational institutions um, are there mainly to support existing systems of yeah. those that are rich mm-hmm. um, and those that can afford to go to exclusive um, universities. So I think let's just kick off with some questions. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so time for question time. My favourite time where I get to pick your brain. 
and we can try and set the world right. Yeah. Sit. Set the world right. Either way. We can sit on it or we can set on it. We're sitting, we're setting. (laughs) We're doing some stuff. We are. (laughs) If we were to talk about the class ceiling, um, it's a phrase that, you know, is used quite regularly. Mm. Um, But if you could perhaps put a bit of light on what it actually means. I think I'll talk about it in a Cambridge setting. Yeah. Because that makes more sense. Like, it's not just like the cost of I mean it is the cost of going there like the basic like cost of tuition and living fees mm-hmm. but it's like the other stuff that you can't get involved with like s- saying if you study at this university you're not allowed to get a job like yeah what that obviously specifically excludes a type of person yeah um so I guess that could be like akin to the class ceiling okay. or like dem- demonstrative of the class ceiling because you're like only certain type of people get to come here and it's the type of people who can afford to not have a part-time job whilst they're studying here. Yeah. So mm. is that perhaps assuming those that have parents or families yeah. that have wealth behind them Yeah, it's sort of spare cash that can be put into education? Exactly. Okay. And not everybody has that. Yeah. So that's a real shame. Mm. <laughs> and that needs to change. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to talk about my privilege as a white woman. Yeah. Because, like, this year Cambridge admitted 91 black students, which they're, like, celebrating as, like, really good. And obviously it is really good because it's it has improved upon previous years, but I just think 91. I mean, what is that what even is that? compared with? I don't know. Is that 91 <laughs> I think, undergrad? I'm guessing and... it's 91 undergrad students. And I think they mean black British and not, like from like international students okay um but to me it doesn't seem like enough (laughs) no no um so there's obviously other like things that Cambridge are bad at and obviously like all of these like class and race and gender it all intersects yeah and it's then they're doing they're trying but they could try harder okay and it's often the work of groups like at ACS and like obviously Stormzy did like he does scholarships to Cambridge specifically I feel like it's either one or two like um he's so fully paid I'm assuming for three years for undergrad to go to Cambridge so it seems like there's a lot of work and labour by black British people and not necessarily by Cambridge yeah so it's sort of (laughs) Trying to infiltrate those systems yeah. through. Obviously, this kindness. is also not my area of expertise, but I thought I need to mention it. Oh, definitely. Not doing well. No. Slamming it on the table. <laughs> but all of these issues do come together, yeah, and it definitely. all is representative of a wider issue that mm. is inequality in higher education yeah, systems definitely. and how to penetrate that class ceiling. Mm. Um, Everyone should read the Taking Up Space book. Oh, who's yes. it by? It's by a girl called Chelsea, and I want to say... So, my favourite thing at the minute is, like, um, writers who will say how to pronounce their name, because as a linguist, (laughs) I find this really important. (laughs) So, to me, if I read her name, it would be Ore, but she, like, specifically says in the book it's not Ore, it's, like, Ore. So, like, the the final sound of her... I'm, like, getting really linguistic, but the final sound (laughs) of her name is like the air in elephant so it's by a girl called chelsea and a girl called ore and they went to cambridge for undergrad 
and they basically in that book it's published by Stormzy Murky Books. <laughs> God, can um, we get Stormzy in? Can, can we get Stormzy in? Um, <laughs> and they basically talk about their experience as black women and black non-binary people in higher education institutions. Many of the people who speak in the book are from Oxford and Cambridge, but also from loads of different like higher education institutions throughout the UK. That sounds so important. It's really good. Um, Everyone should read. Yeah, I think that's uh, that'll be going in my uh, Amazon reading list. basket. Yeah, <laughs> that's going straight in my basket. <laughs> straight in my basket. Thank you very much. Um, so, firstly, how are you settling into Cambridge? So far, so good. I have only had like introductory lectures, so not having like anything that's like making my brain explode yet. Um, it's like one of those things that like I'm acutely aware that this year is going to test me. But also, I feel like there's so many opportunities for me to do like good stuff in the next year. That's so like exciting. Personal development, yeah. good stuff. Do you oh, know what I mean, good for you. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, babe. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm so there. <laughs> Let's just get into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we just love to chat. Yes. About the in depth things in life. Yeah. So, are there any policies that exist currently? to help those from less economically privileged backgrounds to secure places at exclusive higher educational institutions. Yeah, so so I think this is more for like um, sixth form college students. So you can like go and stay at Cambridge for like a few days for like a summer school and then that will somehow help you to get in there. Um, but I'm not really sure how that works. But again, as I was saying before, societies like ACS do a lot of access work like off their own backs and each college has access um so access <laughs> should probably like, access access um basically is like um students doing like outreach to either schools in the local community or schools in their home community talking about Cambridge and like making information about Cambridge readily available so that they can apply and be ready to apply. Okay. So each college, again, I'm only a week and a half into Cambridge life, so I don't know everything. But as far as I'm aware, each college has their own access team um, targeting different areas of the UK. And then if you are part of their access team, you will do stuff like um, tours for visiting students or school talks. Okay. And you'll be like come to Cambridge and they are trying to target specific areas of the country where people have like a sort of lower wealth okay right thing so I'm like what is the jargon for this like (laughs) a lower income that's what the jargon is probably sure yeah so at my freshers fair I went to speak to the Murray Edwards access team and they target Salford which is where I'm from so I might get in big up (laughs) The Ford. Big <laughs> uh, it up. Um, so I might get involved in that. And like Bolton, which is where I went to school, is targeted by St John's. So I think they target like basically everywhere in the UK. Because okay. as we know, like any area of the UK can have both rich people and poor people in it. Um, okay, so next question. Do you think that there is enough transparency at university among friends about money? No. Oh, actually, I don't know. Like, I feel like in undergrad, like, you would kind of... Like, I knew 
within like the people I lived with, like whose parents were paying their rent and who wasn't. But I feel like there's like a massive trend of like people posing as working class students. Really? I don't want to say that, but like you know, like well, no, it's like it. it's not <laughs> it's not cool to be like rich. In a uni context, it's not cool to be right wing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I know what you mean. people who would come from like traditionally right wing backgrounds, like don't want to talk about it and yeah. don't want to talk about their beliefs and like. Why do what, you think that is? Because it's not, as I say, it's like not cool and they're embarrassed. But like, what I always think is like, I'm not mad that some people have money, yeah, like and come from money and are able to afford these things. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when people pretend to be something they're not. Yeah, that um, is more than fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I don't know. I think people are like embarrassed, and obviously, universities where people generally do tend to become more liberal and start like doing protests and like participating in stuff like that. And if you don't subscribe to that, which I think the vast majority do, I mean it's different for us because we went to a university in London. So I think our university was quite sort of liberal. Yeah, and we're also in that sort of um, like metropolitan bubble. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's not it's not cool to be rich, and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, again, there's probably a lot of awkwardness in navigating those conversations. Yeah, because you know there must be something. I'm assuming, like, there must be something very frustrating if someone says, oh, I've got no money. And mm. you know that them not having money means going to mum and dad and asking a favour and yeah. probably being... Yeah, you know, that's put to the there side. was a lot of that in uni, like, people saying they have no money and, like, <laughs> for some people saying they, have, saying they have no money means something different. Yeah. To, like, for some people, having no money means they have 63p in their bank account. Yeah. For some people, they have 63p in their bank account, but they also have a trust fund. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that is the difference. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. Mm. Very interesting to try and work out how in future those conversations can yeah. be navigated. I think it's just like, I used to have, like, there's a classic, this is a classic debate at university, people saying that like your the amount of student finance that you're allocated shouldn't be based off of your parents income yeah like people used to say that's unfair because like some of my like housemates and stuff be like that's unfair because I get less than you because my parents have more which on the surface level you're like well obviously yeah but then I do kind of agree there's like some people who are estranged from their parents some people who like if they ask their parents for money even if their parents had money they wouldn't give them any yeah so there is like I know of people with yeah exactly everything is as, as we say intersectional and everything there's levels to absolutely everything especially mm. with these conversations but how do you make it work otherwise honestly at the government how do you make it work otherwise retweet. literally <laughs> What? Boris, are you listening? Boris, what what's the deal? What are we <laughs> gonna do? Um, but it's quite difficult to try and articulate articulate that like if I was struggling for money, it would be difficult for me to ask for help. Yeah, it's hard to articulate that to people. Whereas, yeah, I think that's all I need to yeah. say. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's yeah, very well said. We've spoken about how your friends supported you mm. throughout your campaign over the year. Um, any shout-outs? <gasps> any fond memories oh my of female 
or male, just literally fun vibes. Um, oh, you put me under pressure now. Sorry. I was fine with this thing as well. Like, it's really difficult to like acknowledge everyone. Yeah. <laughs> because then, if you forget one person, it's going to be like, well, great, you. <laughs> bitch. But literally, <laughs> Hannah can't believe you didn't shout me out on Katie's podcast. <laughs> Subscribe, educate. Subscribe, educate. Educate. <laughs> We're actually working on Katie's jingle. Right Honestly, now. <laughs> anyone can do fun jingles. Do hit me up. Hopefully, there will be a jingle by this point. Yeah, if it goes out with no jingle, dead. <laughs> if it goes out with no jingle, I will be a corpse on the floor. Okay. Awkward. Well, that moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. Shout outs. Uh, obviously, this year in Diana. Yeah. Um. Obviously, all nine of my teas for fees people. Am I going to remember everybody? You don't have to say everyone's name. Okay, I have great. really sprung this on you. My, my teas for fees people, my friends, my fam, literally everybody that flipping liked and voted for me on that scholarship competition because otherwise I would not be at the university currently. F- yeah, just everyone. Katie Cole. <laughs> oh, stop it. I don't think I'm deserving of having me on a podcast. <laughs> Feel hashtag blessed. Oh, stop it. <laughs> this is a big question. But... I haven't been prepped for this, by the way. No, I know. It's, it's because I'm springing them on you. I love it. <laughs> it's question time. What do you think the solution is that will end the root problems of economic inequality in UK higher education systems? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sit water. Um, <laughs> my gosh. What is the root... Problem is that what you said. So, what do you think the solution ultimately is? Okay, I feel like I don't have a solution, but we can probably think of some things that would make it better. So, for example, with the like me not knowing how to write a funding application, yeah, like basic level, like when you're writing a funding application under the title funding application, there should be a paragraph okay. that outlines what you're supposed to write in a funding application, which sounds like very basic but it is the difference between you receiving funding and not receiving funding because you don't have the innate knowledge of how to write a funding application sure so maybe that (laughs) um that's probably a good start um i think just more access programs and for me like the i think the reason that i've got to where i'm today is because i've had teachers that believed in me even though I went to like a state school and not all of the time there was fantastic provision and we didn't have like loads of money and stuff like at least there was teachers who cared real throwback when I was in sixth form we had like events to like go to Oxford and Cambridge and like have a look around and stuff but that was for gifted and talented students and were you a gifted I was neither gifted nor talented apparently Literally, so I wasn't in gifted and talented. Because um, I was, say that you are. Let's just say I was. I think this should instill hope in everyone. Like I was the very much like I've always been a massive nerd, but didn't particularly work as hard as I could have and got very average like GCSE and A level grades. But I'm still going to Cambridge, so Woo! everyone should be. You know, there should be some sort of positivity in that. But Definitely. do do work hard. <laughs> do work hard, listeners. Do work um, hard. That's what we uh, in our <laughs> listeners. Literally, educate. Educate <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Honestly. Um, 
So I wasn't in Gifted and Talented, but my one teacher like really saw something in me for some reason. And she was like, you should be on those trips. Like you should be going to the stuff. And I was like, okay. Um, and really she nice. basically... What's her name? Can we give her a um, shout out? So she's called Miss Nelson. Hi, Miss Nelson. Hi, Miss Nelson. We I actually you. went to visit her in Madrid recently and gave a talk at the school she works at. Oh. Because like, it's really good when your teachers move to Madrid. Because then you get to go. That's amazing. Um, Is there a copy of that? Ooh, is no. that a, good, a record that we can no, still? because we um we did it for in the school with the students that time yeah. so. I have to imagine I was there. <laughs> um, and we were basically just talking about like A levels how to do well and the whole point of my talk was like it doesn't matter if you don't get A star A star it's not even A stars anymore it's like 9 <laughs> oh my GCSE goodness. throwback that, is, that um, makes me feel old yeah but I was just like it doesn't matter what you get at the end of the day just work hard anyway so she was like you need to be going to these Oxbridge events and I was like nah nah um, but they would do these things like um, where they would bring like Oxbridge to the north. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, sorry, what, what does that visually look like? Greg's everywhere. Oxbridge to the north, <laughs> and so in like uh, whatever the local race course is in the north. I don't remember what it's called. Oh really goodness. good knowledge by me. Clearly, don't go to race courses. Um, <laughs> does anyone go to race courses? Uh, I don't think I know anyone people, that does that. People do. Anyway, okay. so the race course, we went there and we had like seminars and stuff about like what it's like to go to Oxford and Cambridge. For Northerners. <laughs> no, but it is it like, darling? No, but it is like trying to be like, Northerners go to Oxford and Cambridge too. That's basically yeah. what the whole event was. So she got me into that even though I wasn't gifted or talented. Oh, stop um, it. Shut up. I know. So... Like and obviously I didn't get I didn't get Oxford and Cambridge grades, so I didn't go for undergrad. But she still believed in me and then now I'm like Miss Nelson and go to Cambridge. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know why so what, what I talk about is like stuff like teachers that care and inspire young people are really important. And that obviously isn't necessarily something that Oxbridge can do, but it's something that state school Teachers can do, but again, why are we putting all the labour on state school teachers who yeah. get paid nothing? And yeah, anyway, <laughs> another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Um, but yeah, also those like access events like bringing Cambridge to the north um, are important. Of course. But I feel like it it is just so endemic, the like everything that you have to pay for. And like before we were talking about like ball tickets are like £200. So a ball ticket stuff. is uh, just a really... Posh event. Posh event. There's like food, drink. Um, they have maybe the queen, the duke. Maybe, maybe the we don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've not been to one, but they have these May balls, which actually happen in June. Wow! Um, How yeah. random. So random. It's some obviously there's some sort of historical tale behind it. That so not, historically random. I've not not listened to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the tickets are like two hundred pounds, and like they happen. Like the best ones happen at the best colleges. Blah, blah, blah. So there is still like even when you get into Cambridge, there's still a hierarchy apparently that I need to navigate if I want to go to a good. Is it even worth it though? I don't know. <laughs> for me, it's like I feel like I have to experience everything because I'm going for literally ten months. Yeah. Whereas if I was going for three years for undergrad, like you have time to like Drip feed do it. all of this stuff. But I'm like I want to do everything. Yeah, I'm um, not surprised. But we'll see. I've got to make. A friend in one of those colleges. I have friends in high places. I've got to make a friend and (laughs) then I've got to go to the the balls. But we'll see. All the balls. All the balls. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see all of your Instagram pics. Me too. I'm buzzing, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, so I feel like I did not answer the question. No, you, you did. That's really good. You 100% did. <laughs> um, so I have learnt that you are a badass, awesome woman. Um, number two, there is so much to be done to break the class ceiling. Um, and I think it's something that everyone needs to have discussions that are really transparent mm, about. Exactly. Be honest. Yeah. Own it. If you're poor, if you're rich, own it. Yeah, fully. And, and you know, just don't bullshit. Don't bullshit about where you've come from mm. because you will get found out eventually. Yeah. You will, yeah, something will happen and you're just going to end up looking like a bit of a, bit of a, uh, insert swear word now. Yeah. But Your favourite you swear word, insert it. Yeah, insert <laughs> it right there. Um, and I think finally just have self-belief. Um, if you don't think that you're academic, um, but you love it and you love learning about it, whatever that subject might be, just go for it. Um, Absolutely. And just keep, keep hustling away. And if you set your, if you set your sights on something, you can always achieve it if you're hardworking, driven and determined. Ooh. Like this badass woman in front of me. <laughs> um, Hannah, good. thank you so much for coming on Educate. You have been an absolute diamond. I can't wait to watch your journey over the next year. Um, I'm just going to be championing you just from the sidelines, like, go on, girl. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. And I think we've been all right. You've been amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's been a delight. And keep going to those balls, baby. Literally, all the balls. All the balls. Um, signing off. Hannah. <laughs> Hang- XOXO. Hangaf, XOXO. And what's your Instagram handle? At InstaHangaf, which doesn't make sense, but yeah. We're there for it. <laughs> right, see you later, alligator.